0: And now Rollins looking to fire up. Can he regain the momentum he had when he raced out to an early lead in this match? Three, two, one. And now Seth Rollins back to his feet, sending Ziggler over the top rope into the floor below.
1: I don't know if this is the right strategy, but Seth
0: thinking about getting crazy. A suicide dive and Ziggler. Five. Four, three, two. Welcome, everybody. It's, and it's John Pollock and Wei Tang. And every minute for the next however long this show is, uh, we're not going to do that. How are you, Wei?
1: Good, good. Yeah, ready. I'm ready. wired. I'm ready. I'm ready to chat. It's kind of our midday show, isn't it? Midday five-hour pay-per-view. Yeah, you know,
0: just uh, yeah. we we had our we had our like uh, it's like a routine now. We did our. Are stretching earlier. We did the G1. Yeah. It actually feels like a day ago I watched all those matches. That was my morning. Then Mm -hmm. we did a show together, got that up, pumped out a news update, and then I watched a five-hour WWE pay-per-view, of which I had two coffees, Mm -hmm. and
1: I could paint a house right now. oh good stuff. I'm excited. Well, I hope you're saved up because right after this, we'll be watching the G1. I know. (laughs) There's we'll fit some some sleep in there, but then got the G1 in the afternoon coming up tomorrow and then uh, Raw. I'll be watching some Total Bellas, and then Raw. Total Bellas is on Sunday. Right, it goes.
0: It went up against tonight's show. Yes. Correct. Okay, I'm out of my Total Bellas loop. Mm-hmm. I, I only
1: follow it through you. You are my connection valve okay. to Total Bellas. That's what I'm here for. I've learned that actually these two episodes uh, for their Paris trip are actually the season finale. The oh, part okay. season it's finale. It's a two-parter. So yeah. next week is the... Finale finale. So it's all over soon, everybody. Oh, man. Uh, but do you want to let everybody know what we've been doing over at the cafe? Yes. It's been a uh, a big cafe extravaganza as mm-hmm.
0: the G1 Climax has kicked off. And I don't want it to fall by the wayside because I feel it kind of has. I feel our Glow review is just this, this wonderful... Uh, Adele- delicacy that we baked at the cafe and we spent a lot of time on it and everyone's just going for the hot new uh coffee flavor which Mm. is the g1 but give us our glow review some love because i i thought our review was like the best review out there of glow is ours I, it's have really you heard, have you heard
1: all of the GLOW reviews that have been no I haven't heard any but I feel no. ours is pretty good well yeah certainly I think after John and I recorded it we were both incredibly happy with uh, with. I feel like uh, the job it was that so we did. good I was ready for one of us to say, have a problem with our file or something and we oh, lost yeah. it like it was that good but I mean that helps because the season 2 of GLOW was really good so us talking about it and and us being able to talk about maybe a fictitious work uh, as opposed to wrestling which is very very real uh, was was quite, quite nice for a change. So you don't have to listen to it now. Whenever you guys finish uh, Season 2 of GLOW on your own time, go back to it. Just know that it's there at the Post Wrestling Cafe, which is our Patreon, postwrestlingcafe.com.
0: But my, uh, no, today is Sunday. So on Saturday, the G1 kicked off, and Wei and I are doing shows for every one of the G1 events. So you can go check those out now. We have two shows up already, and there will be 19 in total through August the 12th. That is in addition to our... Rewind Aways, uh, the Rewind A Rod double shot that comes out Monday nights. So we will still be doing all of those. Uh, but now is a great time to sign up for the cafe uh, and sample what we've been doing. If maybe you've been on the fence, I think this next month is a really uh, solid representation of kind of the, the bonus
1: content that we're putting out. So, uh, yeah, I would say a great time to sample New Japan, period. I mean, no better way to kind of get, get to know its roster better than to see them in 19 matches you don't have to watch all 19 but uh if you do check it out let us talk about the rest Mm -hmm. so you can check that out
0: and we'll be back with show number three monday afternoon so uh, keep your earbuds tuned for those but now i'm going to read a statement Mm -hmm. after a three-year suspension hulk hogan has been reinstated into the wwe hall of fame This second chance follows Hogan's numerous public apologies and volunteering to work with young people, where he is helping them learn from his mistake. These efforts led to a recent induction into the Boys and Girls Club of America Alumni Hall of Fame. This statement was just blasted out on Sunday afternoon. This followed a a report that PW Insider had that Hulk Hogan had been spotted at an airport in Cleveland, not all that far from Pittsburgh, and it's been reported Hogan well, uh, confirmed. He was at the show on Sunday night. Apparently, they filmed a future WWE Network special of him apologizing to the locker room. And I can't say I'm surprised by this, but it is a very uh, a very debatable decision to get back into business with Hulk Hogan. And whether you feel that a penance has been paid and he should be able to be welcomed back into this company or for those that feel that what he did was something you don't come back from.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I would say controversial certainly is is the word. I think to me, it's probably more controversial because of the WWE's other actions regarding uh, other controversial talent or talent that has been involved in PR nightmares, so to speak. The fact that they would welcome one like Hulk Hogan, who, if you read that transcript again, like, it's been popping up ever since this news was announced, uh, it's tough. If you listen to it, I mean... It's tough to judge. I I don't want to get on this sliding
0: scale of things, but to me, if this was a guy caught on camera, you know, going over rap lyrics, uh, using it, you know, there's no reason a person... A white individual should be ever using that word. But this was not done as some guy making a horrendously ignorant joke. It was someone stating it where it was vile. And I think that that is a line. This was mm-hmm. this was not Vince McMahon at the Survivor Series uh, of just an ignorant white man using the N-word. This was something different.
1: Yeah, so I think that's why I, I, I have a problem with this. I'm not a fan of it. But then again... I mean, I can't really speak for the African-American community, nor his Afri- African-American colleagues that he'll be working with. To me, those are the ultimate people that should have the say, uh, and, and their opinions should probably be, you know, worth more than, than us. I, I mean, as a, am f- not that big of a fan of Hulk Hogan to begin with. I mean, knowing what I know about this man's character, I'm not necessarily... Well, where uh, is, the, va- where is the value
0: in your estimation as you're looking at this from a, a business decision that... Believe me, the WWE is not doing this unless they have been given the green light by their broadcast partners, mm-hmm. by their sponsors. Yep. We saw with the Mula incident at WrestleMania, that is who they are beholden to. It is not going to be the outrage of a fan base that is going to be of concern to them. It is going to be the people that they are in business with, of whether they are okay with it. And evidently they are. Yeah. So as you're looking at this from a business decision of a man at that age... And what is the value versus the liability of bringing this guy in? And for what? Can he go on on PR campaigns? and is like this will be a big topic?
1: That's a good question. I'm not exactly sure what they have in mind for him. Uh, I, I assume it would be something like that. Uh, in China, like I, I can't necessarily see him in any type of uh, major TV role. Like, seeing what the audiences are like today. That first appearance of Hulk Hogan in on in some like any type of crowd that I think has a mind of its own could be a disaster. Mm. So I don't know. I'm
0: I'm pessimistic about that.
1: Uh, I mean you get you get him in front of like a very smart marquee type of crowd who won't stand for some of the things that that guy said. Uh, I don't know how much nostalgia would make up for it. Uh, but you know they better have something good planned for this guy to so- to, to to basically apologize to the audience.
0: So I put out this poll on Sunday afternoon. Do you support the idea of Hulk Hogan making a full return to the WWE, including a role on television? And I got over 7,500 votes, 56% yes, 44% no. And um, not not to say, like, this is obviously anecdotal of, you know, my followers that, you know, voted on this, but a, a somewhat notable sample size here, that this is something divided down the middle. And I had the response or reaction you did that, um, you know, I, I'm not for people that have to just indefinitely be punished. I think that we should be a, of a society that forgiveness can be Absolutely. achieved. Yes. That said, I am not the person that can state Hulk Hogan has paid his penance. I, I'm a 34-year-old white male and I'm not naive to that fact that I have not gone through a situation where I've been the victim of racism. And for people... If I'm having a conversation with somebody with with somebody that is black that is offended by this there there's no way that I can argue the other point if that person is offended by this person. Yeah. Like I got a response from one person who said I know what Hulk Hogan thinks of me. And and that's a case closed uh, argument for that person. That they they heard that and it's going to affect that person a lot m- more
1: than others. Right, yeah. I mean, I just also just think about the second chance that this man is receiving versus the lack of second chance that I feel like they would give to most people, unless it was... He's getting this because he is Hulk Hogan. Exactly. If this were a um, run-of-the-mill... If this was Enzo Amore, I don't... I mean, I can't... Not to say those situations are the same, If this was not a star, they would not be going to this
0: effort. And just to go on top of that, I mean, it was... I, I guess we're just going to see that, like, the WWE, to me, they, they have no concern about going into messy territory, as we saw with the, the Saudi Arabia show. They are... I think they have some concern, okay? Uh, unless I, I unless... think they have a business concern. I don't think they have a moral concern. No, okay, yeah, sure. And I'm just curious that if, in fact, they are taping a network special, I mean, how much of this this project, this rehabilitation project, are we going to be... Subjected to because I'll be honest I do not want to see Hulk Hogan on my television set being quote unquote endorsed by the new day that Hulk Hogan is okay. Mm. I just um, this is a company that will be heavy handed when necessary and I don't know if I really have the stomach for the Hulk Hogan rehabilitation project to be on television.
1: Yeah, I would hate to be put in the position of being a black performer or a black employee employed by the WWE and being afraid to speak out on my true feelings about the situation for fear that uh, I would be reprimanded somehow, some way. So, uh, it, to me, I, I just see all that, and I to, I also ask, you know, what what is the value? What's the what's what's the purpose, and what are you getting in return from having an association? I with I don't Paul see Kogan? that value. So. It anyway. would not be the call I would be making.
0: Um, that's just, I, I would just be looking at where you're at versus, think of where they were when Hulk Hogan was fired versus three years later, their television deals they have just landed and where they are amongst advertisers that are looking at the WWE as a higher form of entertainment than even three years ago. They have made significant inroads that mm-hmm. doing something like this, Maybe it's not going to scare off anybody. I am sure the WWE has done their due diligence to assess the temperature
1: of bringing this very toxic figure to some back into the fold. But they have made that decision. I think a lot of fans are, pro- I mean, as as we can tell from your poll, I think a lo- half of the audience is very much in favor of it and okay with it. Uh, and I think what surprised you and I, uh, if you're referring to my tweet earlier, was that the responses in the comments section were very different, I would say. Very negative, I would say, for most of the comments. But uh, the anonymous vote is very different. So I think there are probably a lot of fans that feel totally fine with it that are perhaps afraid to speak out. And I'm not faulting people who feel that way at all. I mean, again, we all have our opinions based on this situation, based on our own upbringing and our own experiences. So if people can forgive Hulk Hogan, that's totally cool. Like you're, you have nothing to feel ashamed for. Again,
0: like this is not. You know, I, I'm not going to condemn anyone that that thinks that way. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I would be making this decision to bring someone back. But I, I also don't believe in in this idea that if you screw up, that is it. That is a life sentence that you are never brought back. I do feel it's a little mm. bit much when I'm hearing people that Hulk Hogan has suffered enough. This is a man who landed an incredible... Uh, settlement yeah. as a result of all well, of this. I, I and, just
1: feel it's incredibly hip- hypocritical for the WWE to welcome, to give a second chance to a guy simply because they see dollar signs, whereas for other people, they don't give second chances. And I I feel you should just be consistent and not give sec- second chances to anybody or give second chances to everybody then.
0: In a world of uh, stars and non-stars, there's always going to be those double standards. Um, that's... Uh-huh. Um, It's interesting. That was what is being brought up now with uh, with the Toronto Blue Jays organization is that with Roberto Osuna and the charges he is facing, um, the Blue Jays have stated that he will be reporting back to the team. And they're looking at this like this is all owned by Rogers, who immediately fired Greg Zahn last year amidst allegations. And this was not uh, he was not charged, but they immediately uh, let him go. And uh, they were discussing the fact that, you know, is, is this a double standard? Roberto Osuna is a much bigger star than Greg Zahn in the Rogers uh, organization. Um, but is, is that a mixed message if you actually bring back Roberto Osuna? Mm. So um, anyway, lots um, that I think we will be discussing about Hulk Hogan um, in the weeks to come. But let us get into Extreme Rules from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which was the site of the 2014 Royal Rumble. Where Daniel Bryan was not included in the Royal Rumble match, and the audience turned on that match, Way, mm. in violent fashion. Were they counting every minute for that one, too? No, that was the match they were encouraged to do that in the last match. All oh, right. The PPG Paints Arena. Mm-hmm. What would you rather, Way? The PPG Paints Arena or Scotiabank Arena? Ooh. I think the PPG kind of rolls off the tongue, doesn't it's it? It's a nice short form, or are you call it the PPGPA? That's too much. Mm. But the PPG, perhaps. Kickoff started with Renee Young, Booker T, Sam Roberts, and David Otunga on the panel. And Charlie Caruso announced Hulk Hogan has been reinstated into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Did the whole Hall of Fame committee get together? And they? it was like the Supreme Court where we yeah. had nine members uh, sure. vote on whether or not to include this man's... Uh,
1: html code on the website i mean really is that the story here he's been reinstated into this fictitious hall of fame that is the language just say what it for what it is we're welcoming back into the company
0: he's back she said he is back in the family Mm -hmm. and he is backstage and this was the first note that he was actually at the arena on sunday night but not present on camera Mm -hmm. finn Balor was interviewed on the panel and then we had andrade Cien almas against sin cara and I did not think they hit the level of their television match from this past Tuesday. Sinkara was sent to the floor after a spinning back elbow and then hit a quebrada to Almas who was standing. Sinkara did once again that that tilt a whirl spike uh, with the destroyer that looked mm. good. Almas set him up for the double foot stomp. This time Sinkara avoided it, unlike the television match, and then Sinkara came off the turnbuckle and was going for a head scissors off of the apron. He completely missed Almas.
1: I couldn't tell if he was going for some type of arm drag or head
0: scissors, but yes. Whatever it was, it was a swing and a miss. And Vega distracted him, allowing Almas to hit a running drop kick, the running knees in the corner, and a hammerlock DDT for the win. 6 minutes, 52 seconds.
1: I found it about as good as their SmackDown match. Maybe I wasn't as into that SmackDown match as you were. Uh, but I just thought, good match, another showcase for both men here. Yeah, I... I kind of had some high expectations for these two kickoff matches. I thought the pair, I was like, this will be a fine hour of pre-show matches. I I thought this was a good match. It Mm. wasn't blow away, but it's a kickoff. It's not supposed to blow you away. Well, something got blown. Shinsuke Nakamura was interviewed, I say that loosely,
0: by the panel, where the idea was they were having audio problems, and Nakamura was screwing with them that he couldn't hear them. Uh, They did a pretty damn convincing job, because this just looked like a technical... Disaster, and I thought this segment sucked.
1: There was probably miscommunication in the script for this. It was it just simply didn't really work. This was just atrocious. Mm-hmm. Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre joined the panel. Ziggler cut a very
0: good promo here, and then we went to the New Day against Sanity in our tables match. Early on, Biggie went for his spear through the apron to Eric Young and Alexander Wolfe, but he was stopped. Uh, the table was placed on the floor. At one point, they stacked two tables with the top table having the legs going uh, vertical to threaten sending somebody through the legs of a table like Mortal Kombat. Yes. Yeah, this is the, the finish him spot. Yeah. Woods and Kingston hit a pair of Topicon heroes and then Killian Dane followed with a suicide dive. Dane then dropped Woods with a Michinoku driver on top of Biggie and then ate the trouble in paradise. Kingston was alone with Wolf. They were on the edge of the apron. Kingston was teasing a German suplex when Eric Young came off the turnbuckle, elbow dropping Kingston through the table to win the match
1: in 8:24. It was nice to see Sanity finally get a big win on the main roster, I guess, if you count the kickoff as a big win, but this was a, a match with the stipulation and it was over the New Day, so, you know, I felt the match for a kickoff show was pretty entertaining and satisfying. They didn't go all out, they didn't need to go all out, and, you know, it's almost like taking a main course ingredient, you know, that you typically get in a main event or a bigger match, And serving a slice of it, a portion of it, for your appetizer. Well, I
0: think this could have been much better served during the main course menu because a match like this, I Mm -hmm. think, could have uh, fit in very well uh, at any point of the first two hours of this pay per view.
1: I would say this match was probably interchangeable with a good number of other matches on that main show. Had this
0: gotten twelve minutes on the main show, I think it would have been uh, better received. And it was just, it just felt like a bit of a kickoff match. And you and I talked about, you know, looking forward to this match, Uh, but not bad. Um, Right at the end of the kickoff show, Ronda Rousey arrived with Travis Brown to conclude our kickoff show, and Ronda Rousey got her ticket and a cameraman to attend the show. Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt took on Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel for the Raw Tag Titles, and again, they were uh, showing Rousey on camera, and it led to a chant for her as the match began. They were way more interested in Ronda Rousey than these four, and I can't blame the Pittsburgh crowd. There was uh, a bit of a reaction when Bray and Dallas were tagged in together, but then Dallas tagged out and the audience booed him. Dallas and Axel got the advantage on Hardy for a while, built up to a tag where Wyatt and Dallas finally came in. Wyatt hit him with a urinagi. Dallas then shoved Matt into Bray from behind. This sent Bray off the apron to the floor, and Dallas hit his spinning, draping neckbreaker, and Hardy was laying there, Dallas pinned him, and the B team won the tag titles in eight minutes.
1: Surprising finish? Yeah, I think I would say so. To me, I thought the B team were maybe like a one month, you know, joke type, type of thing. But it looks like they're going full on with the Cinderella story uh, storyline for them. So when is midnight? Because I think it's vastly <laughs> creeping up. Who knows, dude? I thought the crowd seemed hot for this opening match. Uh, as a match itself, though, I thought it was very average. My feelings, which was an ongoing theme at the start mm-hmm. of this show. My feelings on their title win are pretty neutral though like I think putting the titles on a comedy team certainly doesn't do your division any favors I think it's a comedy division at
0: the moment save for Ziggler and McIntyre that are not part of it and the authors but then again you know were Bray and Matt really doing anything with it no this is a lateral move to me of the one comedy team to the other comedy team and I'm not that interested Dallas and Axel were interviewed by Charlie and they said the B team stands for best which I guess is true now by Mm. the divisional uh, trophies Renee Young interviewed Kurt Angle, and he has recently reopened negotiations with Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. But Heyman has stated that Lesnar is not interested in returning. He's got bigger fish to fry. Angle says that Lesnar can either show up on Raw or agree to defend his title at a future date or be stripped of the title. What I think he meant to say was he has two options. You can either show up on Raw to set up your future title match, because those are not mutually exclusive. Well, he can set it up over the phone or email. Well, I don't think Lesnar's just showing up on Raw to just say, hey, I'm here, later. Um, Or he's stripped of the title, because Michael Cole repeated the three options, Mm -hmm. but then later in the show changed it to the two options. So I think this was a Kurt Angle flub, but... I think we all knew what he meant. So it sounds like Brock is going to be in Buffalo on Monday night. I would have to think so. Which, as we noted last week on the show, Brock is scheduled for SummerSlam and has been. So um, Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin. Exciting stuff here. Corbin attacked Balor at the beginning of the match, was in control. The story was that Corbin believes that his size is too much for Finn Balor. He's undersized and he can't compete with him. Balor fought back with an Insiguri. He went for the coup de grace. And was stopped the first time And Corbin said This might be the best Baron Corbin has ever looked Sorry, who said that? Jonathan Coachman Coachman said that That was his analysis mm. The best Baron Corbin has ever looked uh, I mean, he shaved his head recently he's... Maybe from a, um, an aesthetic standpoint, yeah. he meant Like, um, his hair looks He's got a nice uh, vest on Everyone is starting to compare Baron Corbin To, like, the lost uh, Chris brother from OVE really because of his ring attire now and oh. the bald look okay Oh, even though they are not bald balor kicked out of the deep six uh, to no reaction he went for the coup de grace second time got crotched corbin grabbed him for the end of days but finn balor countered it with an inside cradle clearly watched tomohiro Ishi outsmart toriano today and balor pinned him at 8 minutes and 19 seconds it was the surprise um The surprise finish baron corbin was frustrated and upset and i got the sense that this was not the the period at the end of the sentence on this program
1: i didn't get that sense either uh i hope finn gets to move on from this feud but i can see it continuing at least for uh, another few weeks there's nothing technically wrong with this match at all but i just found it pretty dull perhaps a little too long i think for me it's just about baron's style and maybe his character. I just don't find it's just either. flat. I just don't find either all that interesting.
0: We cut to the back, and the Bludgeon Brothers are in the midst of attacking Daniel, Brian, and Kane. Brian was sent into a garage door, and Kane's left ankle was attacked with a
1: mallet. They actually attacked the door to shut the door into the mallet, which oh. begs the question why not just mallet the, the foot? They were
0: overthinking this injury to Kane. Then your favorite way. Carmella versus Asuka for the SmackDown women's title. They lowered the shark cage, and James Ellsworth was locked inside. I did think that his reaction to going up in the cage was entertaining. He was trying to sell it. They did not put this cage all that high. Like Whoa. a solid springboard off the top rope, they would have hit this cage. For no the, problem. For the, for the gimmick they were doing at the end, they couldn't. I guess so. Ellsworth immediately tossed a chain into the ring. So they didn't even check this guy. He had, like, a gigantic chain. Uh, mm-hmm. Like he was Kama Mustafa in uh, 1995. Like these referees had never seen a shark cage match before. Yeah. I guess they were watching New Japan and said, ah, these referees, they're idiots. Asuka prevented Carmella from using the chain. Then Carmella just brought out the the spray bottle that she used at Actually, Money in the uh, Bank.
1: Uh Ellsworth tossed that out.
0: Oh, he tossed in that too? Yeah. What, was there no metal detector? Was there no, like, frisk? Nothing. Nothing. Like... Did this guy, no. man, this should be like airport security here.
1: Ah, I. It all just received like very little reaction. Very little reaction for the chain. Very little reaction for the spray bottle. There were a number of gimmicks they killed tonight. The shark cage being one of them. Graves referenced
0: the Netflix series The Staircase saying it's not about who did the crime. It's about who does the time. So I had watched one episode of that. Not going to continue. Spoiler. No. He okay. ruined it. Asuka um, continues here. She applied the Oscar lock, but Carmella made it to the rope, and I was stunned at how little the crowd reacted to the Oscar lock being applied. Mm-hmm. Um, then we had Ellsworth open the door, and he opens the door, and he climbs out, but
1: his feet are suspended to the cage, so he is hung upside down. He aimed, He's trying to jump out of the cage, but his feet... Foot gets caught. He's got bandanas on his feet, but and I guess something got caught. It's all just a. It was all a rig that was set up so that he could suspend from the cage upside so down. Oscar starts
0: kicking away at him like he's a punching bag. The production staff comes in to try and get Ellsworth back into the cage. She fights them off, and then Oscar had to wait for an a longer than necessary period with Carmella setting up from behind her in the corner so that she could shove Oscar from behind into the shark cage and pinned Oscar. This all happened in 524 for Carmella to retain the title. I was not surprised she retained the title and I know they tried to get Oscar's heat back after attacking Ellsworth, but man has Oscar been a real disappointment on the main roster Uh, from someone that, won the Royal Rumble in January and where she is now, mm-hmm. man, yeah. it's just unfortunate. She to me was the top person on NXT
1: a year ago. I, I, I mean, I didn't even have such a big problem with the Charlotte loss. I, but I think ever since her move to SmackDown, she has certainly fallen uh, a big step lower. Um, like last month, I felt the finish to this match was a little too easy, a little too weak. Considering who Asuka was, I think you needed at least something on top of being shoved into the cage in order to pin her 1 2 3 from Carmella. So, uh, but that said, I, I mean, I do kind of appreciate adding a bit of creativity and adding a bit of a twist to this shark cage gimmick. Um, but it wasn't enough uh, to make the match entertaining. And I think overall, this entire Asuka Charlotte, sorry, Carmella program hasn't really had many people's interest. This match didn't do anything to change that. Uh and I feel Asuka kind of comes out of this looking weaker while Carmella still doesn't feel like a proper champion.
0: Yeah, there there were quite a few instances on this show of the babyfaces just being outsmarted and even even when outnumbered. Like just how do you how do you rally
1: behind a babyface like this when they just Mm-hmm. The point is that you are I guess you're not supposed to care about Asuka heading into SummerSlam. I wonder if she'll even have a program. So Would not surprise me if she's just thrown into some mm-hmm. nondescript kind of match. From the way they were setting Becky up, I would peg her as sort of the, uh, the opponent for Carmella coming up at SummerSlam. Uh, but who knows? Plans could always change. And Charlotte must figure into something,
0: but... Mm-hmm. It's not apparent. And I'll maybe just... that maybe they go Carmela Charlotte again. I don't know. I, I there there's not uh I know they're somewhat building up Becky, but man, Becky and Carmella does not get my no. um my interest level peaking. Not right now, no. So oscar just killed Ellsworth after the match. Jeff Hardy versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the United States title. Jeff Hardy had done an interview earlier this week, um, in Canton, Ohio, uh, promoting the house show, and he had mentioned how bad his, his lower back is to the point that he's uh, he's limiting the use of the swanton now. He's not doing it at house shows. So, I mean, if he's stating that, I, I would imagine he's not... Uh, he, he's probably got a lot that he is hmm. dealing with uh, pain-wise. Yeah. So they did the match introductions inside the ring, and then the referee is not looking, so Nakamura low-blows Jeff Hardy. Our next baby face. And Hardy is just down. And th- this is becoming my favorite way. He He's done. The referee goes, you want to continue? Yeah, yeah. Ring the bell. Boom. Kinshaw sign. He's pinned in six seconds.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, if this was a more strong show, I didn't really... I don't mind having a quick finish like this. Especially if a guy's hurt. Especially uh,
1: if the show's four hours.
0: Uh, yes. Having a quick match like this, mm-hmm. it can be cleansing to just do a quick match. And I like the finish that Nakamura has the title. Um, and they do set up Jeff for something moving forward because Nakamura wins the title, and then Randy Orton's music plays, and he makes his return coming out. And his last pay-per-view match was against Jeff Hardy. He comes in, and he stares down Nakamura, but then he turns and he attacks Jeff Hardy. And we're left wondering why he t- he attacked Jeff Hardy. Hmm. Even though they were they were kind of involved in a program together, although Randy was... Uh, much more of a... Baby fist. Yeah, they were teasing stuff between them, but never really turned Randy. I guess this was the turn.
1: Yeah, they announced later on that there there will be a rematch on SmackDown for Jeff Hardy and Shinsuke Nakamura. I imagine Randy Horton to be involved and we get some type of triple threat coming out of this.
0: Braun Strowman versus Kevin Owens in a steel cage match. Strowman was in the ring and Owens immediately went to climb out of the cage and Strowman challenged him to fight him. And the match was all Strowman at the start until Owens hit a stunner on him, and Owens started climbing out again, and Strowman slammed the door shut on him.
1: Owens handcuffed Strowman to the top rope, and then he did the suck it gesture. hmm Yeah, there were a number of like Kevin Owens uh, things that he did that were callbacks to previous wrestlers that I felt uh, were kind of. He referenced
0: uh, he referenced DX, Austin. Steve Austin, and McFoley in this match.
1: Oh. By the end of it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, and also CM Punk when he blew the kiss at uh, Braun Strowman and he was... I guess up. so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe you're, maybe I'm looking too deep into it, but... Uh, no, these were... He, he doesn't
0: do the stunner. Yeah. He doesn't do this DX crotch chop. Hmm. Um, I don't really know what it was. Maybe he's in a time warp. Maybe when he went into... Uh, maybe it's going to do a time traveling kind of gimmick with him.
1: Time travel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, Strowman broke free from the handcuffs... And chased Owens to the top of the cage, and this had been a pretty subdued audience. Not like this was a really hot show for them to get into. But when they got on top of this cage, they all stood up and they were anticipating insanity, and they got it. Strowman grabbed him by the throat, lifted Owens, and choke slammed him off the top of the cage right onto the announcer's desk. That was not cleared. That had the monitors on it, um, and Owens was destroyed yeah. but wins the match by default some at people,
1: 8.06 some people on twitter reported that there was that same cushion that shane had falling off of the hell in a cell that's all well wow. and good you be the
0: first oh, one to go take that fucking uh, crazy Are did you see me? what he landed this on? He's also
1: blind like he couldn't even really stare this straight was at a the thing back bump oh. onto a table yeah he must really love shania twain to go through with this Man. Because he does win this match, technically. He
0: won. He wins the match. He does what Shania Twain requested. And for a guy that has talked about his back problems going back a long time, this was insane. This whole... Mo- Braun feud has been insane for him. He fell off of a ladder just a month ago. Which was such a trivial bump. Mm-hmm. At least this one was caught. And
1: I hope they replay this. But, man, I, I'm not a fan of these... Um, I, I'm a fan of them if you use them sparingly for the right moments. I didn't necessarily feel like this moment required something like that. But Like, this is a comedy feud. Yeah. And yeah, I, I don't so. see
0: Owens having a Mick Foley kind of um, run after this, or at least being put in the, the pantheon. I mean, this is... Um, I don't know. I mean... God bless the guy that he got this uh, this memorable spot. I hope it is
1: memorable. I really hate like to complain about this, because like, a man just really risked his life for our entertainment. And I'm very appreciative. I was very entertained by this. I thought the match was fun up until that stunt, and the stunt made it a more memorable experience. Uh, but I think maybe just seeing what could have gone wrong, maybe we're just... Uh, it's it's that whole conversation about what, what, whether or not wrestlers are maybe taking it too far for the wrong reasons. Well, that's... That's kind of the frustrating part for me is that we we
0: marvel at these stunts when, they, when the guy gets up and he's okay from it. And it's incredible. And when it goes wrong and they're injured, that's when we have these introspective moments. Mm-hmm. Why do we have to wait for the guy to have a near paralysis or to be Katsuyori Shibata and then have this conversation and then a week later we're right back to this and we're, we're all on our feet and it's like awesome he got choke slammed off the top of a cage it's like there is a bit of hypocrisy, hypocrisy there certainly yeah so they replayed it several times and then owens was taken out on a stretcher and uh wheeled to the back tom phillips uh confirmed jeff hardy will get his rematch against uh shinsuke nakamura later this week on television the bludgeon brothers Took on Daniel Bryan, who came out alone for the start of this match, as Kane was uh, still selling the attack. So, Bryan took a uh, took on the Bludgeons, the Bludgeon Brothers, uh, by himself, who quickly took control of Bryan. They sent him into the steps, and he was selling his ribs from the earlier attack. Bryan is beaten down until Kane's music plays, and out comes the big red machine with the big white cast. There's something very amusing about seeing.
1: This guy in this getup with a cast on. The visual of a supposed demon wearing a medical device. (laughs) Yeah, a walking boot. Yeah. (laughs) He comes
0: out limping. It just looks so silly. Brian tags in Kane. The hot tag to this guy wearing this boot. and uh,
1: Low low reaction to this hot tag. Yeah, Yeah.
0: I've got to say, for all the effort they put in this Team Hell No reunion, this was very puzzling. Like, this... Finish. Kane immediately gets his ankle attacked by Harper. So he tags right out. Bryan fires up with yes kicks. Rowan comes in, drops Bryan with a spin kick, and then Rowan puts him on his shoulders. Harper clotheslines him off. One, two, three. They pin Daniel Bryan. Mm -hmm. Of the the available options to take this pin, it was not the 51-year-old mayoral candidate (laughs) selling a broken ankle. It was Mm -hmm. Daniel Bryan. And this team hell no thing felt like they had taken the air out of this thing immediately
1: yeah by the end of it you kind of feel like the audience was a little robbed of this actual team hell no reunion i mean they put them all over the posters Is that this this was one of the big draw aspects of the show yeah they pushed this hard you know i'm not really sure if there were restrictions preventing kane from having a full match or something i mean the guy had full matches on smackdown so i can't see how this would have uh, been any different but coming out of it Oh, just beating Brian. Like, this felt like a really bad loss for Daniel Bryan. Bryan feels colder. The Miz feud, I think, will help elevate him again. But, I mean, he still... He needs to get something on the Bludgeon Brothers coming out of this, right? So, uh, not not a very satisfying match, I'd say. No, I, I thought a disappointment,
0: um, uh, given all they had put into this. And, and Bryan just feeling cold um, coming out of it. Roman Reigns is backstage. The B team are celebrating, and they tell Roman, "If we can do it, you can do it." And Roman Reigns, Bobby Lashley, going on at this position on the show. Uh, what did you think was going to go on last? And do you? Well, I'm not going to ask. Do you think they made the right decision? But um, mm-hmm. I wh- thought, would I you thought, have put this on last? I
1: thought this would have gone last. I did too. Uh, and if not this, I at least expected AJ versus Rusev. I did not expect the Iron Man to go last. Yes, that was a surprise.
0: The announcers note the referee is going to give them some leeway. Um, or it is giving them leeway, but notes this is not an extreme rules match. At extreme rules, good. Okay. Reigns ran Lashley repeatedly into the barricade, and the audience was at the start of this not wanting to like the match. Nope. They were chanting Rusev Day. Um, they were allowed, but they were allowed to spite the match. This though was not. Um, this was not Roman Reigns Jinder Mahal last month.
1: Oh my god, no. A lot of Roman matches are actually very good. This was know? a good match. Yeah. This was a very good match, I thought. I thought this was
0: easily the best match up until this point in the show. I didn't think there was a question about it. Reigns is selling his ribs while on offense. Lashley then took over. Um a lot of um a lot of big spots, a lot of big bumps that Lashley took. Um for a guy his age, uh, to be thrown around like this, like he was really trying to uh get the the athleticism across. Yeah, are you
1: referring to this? De- death ma- de- oh, uh, fireman's sick. carry drop it was basically an AA over the top rope directly onto the right floor right
0: onto the floor
1: and I'll say at that moment was really when the audience myself included really woke up and kind of got into this match Lashley recovered from this it was like he took this bump on the floor and then made his comeback
0: yeah. There's really little registration of mm-hmm. this fall and he sets up in the corner but gets hit with a Superman punch Reigns then runs around the ring and gets caught with a belly-to-belly and is thrown onto the announcer's desk. Lashley climbs to the top. He had tried this earlier, and he's hit with a Superman punch. Lashley falls, and Reigns sets up for the spear in the corner, uh, coming off the ropes, but instead gets hit with a spear from Lashley. Lashley pins Roman Reigns.
1: 14 minutes, 53 seconds. I I thought the right call. Lashley going over. I think so, too, yeah. It took a while for me to get into the match, uh, but I think... I thought they worked well together. They they did good. Yep. It felt like though to me coming out of it at least at this time, it didn't necessarily feel like Bobby Lashley was the top babyface next in line. No, that was that. the that was the negative, was the audience did not take to him, like a top babyface. I mean, it felt like the fans were only supporting him basically to spite Roman, at least for now, but that could change, you know, with the build next month. Cole makes specific mention that Lashley must feel like the title contender right now, and that's a point that Lashley himself really hit home on uh, the post-show later on.
0: Yeah, I would go with a straight-up Lesnar-Lashley match at SummerSlam, find something for Roman Reigns. I don't know what that pairing is, and it is hard to imagine Reigns not being part of that match, but I, I really believe he shouldn't be part of it. Um, mm. I'm sticking with my my idea, and I don't have knowledge of this, but I would really like Lesnar has a big, big promoted match with Lashley. It's a first-time-ever match. Lesnar goes over. Hopefully, it's a really entertaining match. It's a fresh match. And then the next night, Lesnar does the match on television with Roman. And you don't have five weeks of build-up to Lesnar and Reigns. You get it unexpectedly on television.
1: Sorry, for the belt or no belt?
0: I think it would end up being for the belt. So he beats Lashley. I think he could... He could uh, Lesnar beats Lashley. He could lose it the next night. And you've set up this challenge because Lashley holds the win over Roman. Alexa Bliss, Nia Jax. Extreme Rules Match for the Raw Women's Title. Michael Cole notes Rousey's suspension is up this Wednesday and we have Mickey James and Natalia in the opposite corners Uh, Jax caught her on the floor sent her onto these chairs there were garbage lids inside as well and Jax dropped Bliss with a military press onto a garbage can Jax then runs into the corner missing Bliss into a chair that is set up this was when Mickey attacks Natalia on the floor and that prompts Ronda Rousey to jump out of her seat and the place goes nuts like Ronda did feel like the biggest star on this show oh yeah like, a superstar reaction. She attacks Mickey and throws her twice into the barricade. And Mickey flew into the barricade. Mm. Takes her into the ring and hits the standing reverse kataguruma. That's what it's called. That's what Rousey calls this. Not oh. a Samoan drop. She That is the judo term for it. Mickey and Bliss then stop Rousey. And Ronda Rousey takes kendo stick shots on the floor. This takes her out of the match. Jax then grabs Bliss for the Samoan drop but was stopped by a chair shot from Mickey from behind and allows Bliss to DDT Jax on top of a chair and Alexa Bliss pins Nia Jax at 7 minutes and 22 seconds. Retains the title and then Rousey chases off the heels at the end of the match. Seems like a pretty clear direction for SummerSlam with those two. Um,
1: How do you feel they pulled off the Alexa Bliss-Nia Jax match? Mm, I thought it was a really soft, hardcore match. And uh, I mean, we just had a conversation about not asking our performers to take too much much risk. But I think when you're promoting an extreme rules match, in 2018, trash can shots and slow running into chairs tucked into the corners doesn't really cut it for me. I thought this was just an uh, overly uh, boring and safe match. The only reason I really had to be excited about this match was to see what creative spot they'd had for Ronda's involvement. And I didn't even feel like I had that at all. Like, what, yeah, they gave me. The, the audience stare? reacted big, but well, this was not They one were reacting her... to her just sitting down. Well, that was it. I'm the... I mean, what creativity, though, do you have to have her come in here and do something? And I don't feel like they really... Yeah, they didn't really make me feel anything coming out of this. So, uh, then they ran the SummerSlam ad that...
0: Boy, does this continue the streak of weak pay-per-view commercials. This mm-hmm. is just a bunch of photos... Where they're trying to like present them as to, memes yeah. and yeah, but not funny. They're just like catchphrases and stuff.
1: It's it's always really easy to see when a middle aged person tries to do something that's hip with kids and tries their to make something that is actually kind of I don't know hip into something commercial, and that's what this really felt like.
0: That's all we can say about the SummerSlam ad. And then AJ Styles, Rusev, WWE title, second from the top. I was with you. I was surprised that this went in this position after we had seen Roman and Lashley go on so early. Aiden English came out with the intent of setting up a, a heel introduction for Rusev, who came out, but the audience it wasn't overwhelming, but did react to him. Uh, AJ came out to a big response. Uh, and when the match started, the audience treated this like a important match, mm-hmm. I felt. Uh, After controlling the start of the match, uh, Rusev knocked Rusev off of the turnbuckle, and he had been attacking him with these leg kicks, which would have uh, a payoff later in the match, attacking Rusev's legs. Styles attempted the calf crusher numerous times, but Rusev was able to block because he had been studying uh, AJ Styles. Styles then missed with a springboard 450, landing on his feet, again went for the calf crusher, and Rusev countered and attempted the accolade, which Styles was able to avoid. Then, on a third attempt, Styles goes for the calf crusher. Rusev fought to the bottom rope after Aiden pushed the rope towards Rusev and led to Rusev uh, being admonished by the referee. Rusev then landed a machka kick for a big near fall. And Rusev goes for the accolade, but he can't base on the left leg because of the prior damage from the kicks. So he has to apply uh, just the accolade to the right side of AJ's body. And AJ is able to get to the rope. English then climbs up behind the referee's back, removes the turnbuckle pad rusev about a minute later chases after aj who ducks in the corner and rusev runs head first into the exposed buckle and led to styles hitting the springboard 450 for a huge near fall that the audience bought into i thought that was a really clever spot Mm -hmm. styles then killed english with this running drop kick through the ropes rusev is vulnerable he hits the phenomenal forearm and wins the match at 15 minutes 39 seconds I really enjoyed this match. I thought they did a a very good job with several near falls for a challenger that I don't think too many people bought into. And I thought it went the right amount of time. They didn't overstay their welcome. And this was one of the better matches on the show for me.
1: I thought a good match. Yeah, good selling from Rusev. Uh, I liked all the stuff with the leg. The finish with the exposed turnbuckle I also thought was very effective. Perhaps, uh, I think it's it's hard, it was hard for me to kind of see this past uh, what it actually was, and that's being a filler match for AJ ahead of SummerSlam. Uh, but what would you like to see for AJ at SummerSlam title program? Who's available?
0: I would say the the options would be Samoa Joe or The Miz. Daniel Bryan certainly doesn't feel like, He's going to be part of any title picture coming out of tonight.
1: Yeah, uh, I can't say there's a definitive direction, but I, I would say like that's more of a uh, of a reason to like AJ hasn't really been a focused part of SmackDown at least for this feud, and it feels like mm, for a, quite a, a while. So I can't necessarily say like there's too much out there that I'm that excited by. Obviously, I'd be into a Joe feud, but it doesn't necessarily feel like it's that important right now. I wonder
0: if the debut of this Miz and Mrs. show would propel them to put Miz in a in a major title program um, just because of that show being on the USA
1: Network. Uh, Miz needs to be it, he, figured prominently. Yeah, but he would be in a more prominent match against Daniel Bryan. Not in a, at best, third from the top match against AJ Styles for a title. Like, look at what look at this Rusev match. This wasn't even main event worthy. Yeah, I just watched tonight and... I don't know. I don't know if they're going to pull the trigger
0: on doing Brian and Miz at the moment. Um, we'll see. Rollins was interviewed backstage ahead of the main event, which is Dolph Ziggler, Seth Rollins, 30-minute Iron Man match for the Intercontinental title. Dolph Ziggler came out with evil written on his trunks, which led to a million and one New Japan jokes. And Rollins caught Ziggler with a monstrous cradle just before the five-minute mark to go up one nothing. And then we got the beginning of the countdown chance. We had a giant digital clock on the wall. So every time it got to 10 seconds on the minute, the crowd began counting down from 10. This was annoying the first time. It was definitely aggravating by the 20th time. And this clock turned this crowd and I thought brought this match down a huge amount. Um, mm, didn't affect me like that. Didn't affect me that much. I thought it had a big negative on the match. Um, and I, I didn't think this match was laid out very well either. Um, what, well, what was your, you know, psychoanalyze this crowd? Do you feel this was just a crowd that was tired from being in this arena so long? Do you feel uh, it was a match they
1: were not getting into? I think Iron Man matches, mm, perhaps in this era, are very tough because you're demanding a lot of people's attention to sit through something that they know is going to be 30 minutes, and they probably just wanted to entertain themselves. Maybe Omega and Okada should
0: have given them some some notes. I uh, really... Mm.
1: The, the thing is, I mean, that's Omega-Okada. That's a feud that's been built up over a year with some of the best matches wrestling has ever seen. This is Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler in the main event that you're asking people to sit Do you think the through. placement was bad? Because there was mm. zero people if they start uh, worried about this match uh, 24 hours ago if they started off the card with this match or maybe put it closer to the top perhaps the reaction would, would have been different i also but i also can't say the the crowd counting down every minute necessarily meant that they were completely disinterested in the match they got into a lot of these pinfalls mm. uh, rollins goes up to nothing
0: with the stomp right around the eight minute mark and then Rollins is tapping his foot for the super kick. When Drew McIntyre attacks him, this leads to a disqualification. So Rollins goes up 3 0. McIntyre continues attacking him, but I guess they're limited to one disqualification per attack. And then McIntyre is sent to the back, which wasn't this the whole point of this match on Raw that he could be ringside? Unless he gets DQ'd again, right?
1: He can't, it meant
0: he couldn't start off the match. Oh, okay. Like, what was the whole
1: point that Ziggler was fighting for to have him in his corner, just for the moral support? Like, no, isn't... so he could start the match off. Not to say that he could have a two-on-one handicap advantage.
0: Okay, so Rollins is now up three nothing, and he ends it by laying out Rollins with the Claymore kick, and Ziggler scores his first fall uh, about ten minutes in, so it's three-one. Ziggler then super kicks him, gets a second fall, then hit a zigzag, and it's
1: tied three-three. I thought, I thought all that was quite interesting. I mean, it's a, it's a different way of laying out an Iron Man match by having somebody deliberately cheat in order to uh, basically sacrifice a fall in order to get the advantage and get three extra falls to match up. It certainly got the crowd more engaged at this point. So
0: at one point, they took the clock off the screen. So the crowd started chanting, where's the clock? Mm-hmm. Then they just started counting down anyway, even yeah. though there was no clock eventually the clock came back and this led to a funny moment that was captured where they're in a they're in a chin lock and Ziggler's telling Rollins it's worse now than when the clock was here
1: <laughs> uh, you can hear him saying it to him I mean yeah like if you're, if you're the WWE trying to manipulate this crowd by taking something that they were enjoying you're kind of mm, demanding that this audience you know uh, just succumb to your will and we know wrestling audiences in these days don't really respond that way. And you needed that
0: clock because you were going for something elaborate for the end, and they needed their cue. And that's why they brought it back. They brought it back, and it got a huge reaction when mm-hmm. it did. So Ziggler nails Rollins with this forearm strike from the floor, and he uses the ropes for leverage. The referee misses it, so Ziggler goes up 4-3. And Graves compares Seth Rollins to the Atlanta Falcons collapsing in the Super Bowl, after he was up 3-0 and has blown his lead. Ziggler's strategy at this point was to kill time. He did this long sleeper spot, ran away, and Rollins was just going after him, got several near falls, including one off a superplex and falcon arrow combination, frog splash, then he stops a Ziggler super kick, catapults him into the corner, and does a roll-up, tying it at four with three minutes to go. Rollins applied the sharpshooter, which is a callback to the Brett Shawn Michaels Iron Man match. Then transition to a crossface, um, probably not a callback to the Benoit-Triple-H Ironman match in this city of Pittsburgh, and then goes for the stomp. Ziggler gets out of the way, rolls to the floor. Rollins sends him back into the ring. He takes a Famouser, but kicks out, and then Rollins sets up for a super kick. Rollins cuts him off with his own, hits the stomp, and rolls on top of him, but time expires, and it's 4-4 after 30 minutes. Ziggler is awarded the title. They tease that he's going to retain and then Kurt Angle comes out stating we can't end things in a tie. We're going into sudden death overtime. Next fall wins and Drew McIntyre reappears on the apron to distract Seth and it leads to Ziggler hitting the zigzag and pinning Seth Rollins only 14 seconds into the overtime period and that ended the match. Um, I think we had differing opinions on this match. I, I just thought... The crowd really did hurt this one. And I'm pretty liberal when it comes to the audience chanting whatever they feel like. But I also didn't like the layout of Rollins being the one that had the lead taken away. I would have much rather um, have McIntyre assisting Ziggler to rack up these um, points and then he's ejected and Rollins has to fight from behind to tie it and then get screwed at the end. I think it would have told a better story of the comeback.
1: But I think the point is to show that Rollins... When it's a fair match, he's the better wrestler. I think you could have done that, though, with him being outnumbered. And then when it's
0: evened out and he's and Drew's ejected, that's when Rollins' time is his enemy.
1: To me, it's all. it would be about the same. And and that's to say I didn't really hate this at all. I thought it was a good match between these two. Uh, even a very good match. I liked the booking for the first 10 minutes. It was seven pinfalls, a lot of action, and I think a unique way of setting out uh, an Iron Man match. The next 10 minutes felt like it was the crowd begging for this clock it was good wrestling but i can't say it was that exciting and if you feel like the crowd dominated that one then yeah i, w- I would agree with you but the next five minutes kind of felt like the crowd celebrating that the clock was there uh again uh entertaining though to me just to even look at crowd reactions i'm somebody who watches a match and if the crowd goes rogue throws beach balls around uh i i I, it kind of makes the match a bit more special to me. I'm not just watching it for the moves, I'm watching it for the entire atmosphere. And I, it felt like this crowd was enjoying themselves, and I kind of enjoyed it. But finally, I thought the last five minutes they got into the, to the match again. Some some very good counters, some very good wrestling between the two. The finish, you know, I think it all kind of calls for that, uh, perhaps an Ambrose-Rollins team-up, if Ambrose is available uh, of course, McIntyre comes out of this looking like a difference maker as well. I wonder if they're cafe members, or they just listen to our free show. Because I
0: totally see, D- like, Dean Ambrose returning on tomorrow or next week or something like that. Mm-hmm. Seems the only logical um, conclusion, and I think that sets up the SummerSlam tag match, which is fine. Um, anyway, that was um, that was Extreme Rules. Um, I'm going thumbs down on this show. I thought, as uh, as a whole. Um, if I was to recommend, you know, what to go watch, it's a very short list. I think you you can watch AJ and Rusev, and I think you'll enjoy it, but it's not must see. Owens did a spectacular fall. Um, hoping he's he's fine, but it was a visually uh, a stunning visual to watch. Um, but I didn't take a whole lot of uh, interest going into this show, and I can't say coming out of it that this felt all that different. So.
1: It was a filler match going into the show, and by the end of it, it definitely felt like a filler match. Uh, I mean, I've seen some really bad pay-per-views in my day, so I can't really say that this was, you know, anything near all-time worst at all. I'm not saying that. uh, But in 2018, this is certainly near the bottom of what's available out there in professional wrestling right now. This was a small coffee with a dash of milk. In 2018, yes, when the standard of coffee is very high. Uh, let me quickly go through some notes from the post-show, which took place on the Oh, WAD yeah, you got Network. to see this. Yeah. So we had Bobby Lashley uh, appear on after his win over Roman Reigns. He says how Roman Reigns exceeded his, his expectations, but his next aim is Brock Lesnar and the title. says Brock has no excuses now because he is the new big dog. Lashley, again, says that he's the number one guy in the company right now. He calls Brock out in a promo, but unfortunately, the camera is a close-up on him. Lashley is looking at a different camera the whole time. Um, I thought Lashley, in this unscripted environment, he sounded good. He sounds better than he does in scripted form, but to me, he still kind of felt a bit, little bit like he was nervous acting, rather than that cocky, confident guy that I, we all think is in there. So we might not exactly get get that full version of Lashley until he turns heel. Yeah. Carmella's up next. She comes in about beating Asuka twice, bragging about beating Charlotte twice, bragging about winning the money in the bank twice. She complains about Paige handing out title opportunities like Tic Tacs and then says it was wrong of Asuka to take advantage of a helpless man hang there like that. Uh, the uh, Renee and Sam Roberts asked for an update on James Ellsworth. Carmela says, who cares? Look at my title. <laughs> she does her usual kind of annoying, gloating promo. It's the exact same type of promo she's done each time she's won something big. And I know the goal is to annoy... I just feel like she's a bit too much of a one-trick pony at this point, and the trick isn't even that good. So, it really kind of underlines this as being a weak period for the women's division with her title run. Up last, we have the B team, who are still very high energy. They're still celebrating those tag team title wins. They've been celebrating this entire show, evidently. Says they've been busting their ass for 10 years. Says the Miz gave them an opportunity and they made the B team. And they just continue gloating. It's all quite chaotic. Um, the best thing coming out of this was that Bo Dallas, as they're going off air, he jumps onto the desk. And it's, I think it's the same talking smack desk, but he jumps on this desk and he does this awesome slide down the sloped glass front of this desk. Oh, wow. It was really the best part of this. Oh, I'm
0: glad he didn't get hurt or anything no could looked, you imagine he, amazing. he like tears a quad or something doing this stunt yeah alright let's go to the forum and hear from you the people uh, scale of 0 to 10 this is going to be an interesting one I'm going I'm going to go 3 or under well, I've you, already seen it oh you've seen it ok let's see the result is a 4.64 higher than I thought let us start with Brandon from Oshawa. I enjoyed the show a lot more than I was expecting. It definitely wasn't great, but it was a step up from some of the atrocious raws we've had to sit through recently. The WWE title match and Roman Lashley both delivered to me. I thought Strowman Owens was fun and the finish was a good way for Owens to get a cheap win and Strowman to look strong. I do question the booking of an Iron Man match in this era, though. I don't think that the WWE universe has the maturity to see through a match where they know how long it's going to be as evidenced by their obnoxious Royal Rumble style countdown every minute of the match. The match did not pick up until the final 10 minutes because it doesn't matter how many falls there are early on. You know the match is going to be close by the time it gets to a few minutes left. I also felt like it's stupid to show these guys getting pinned multiple times in one match. It just doesn't feel at all that believable to me. Also, what's up with Sankara using a version of the Destroyer? Is WWE going to be loosening up on pile drivers now? It would be a little strange if they allowed it just for this nothing pre show match.
1: I mean, I wonder how much. Uh. <laughs> Uh, how much they asked for permission before doing something like that. Well, this is the second time he's done it, so if it struck a nerve on Tuesday, he wouldn't have been doing it tonight. Yeah, that's right. Okay, up next we have uh, Jay from Colorado. If there were a popular three-letter word that doesn't exist in the dictionary to describe this show, it would be meh. All in all, nothing was necessarily wrong with this show, but everything was most definitely paint by the colors. Very predictable and by the book. My biggest complaint is the Hardy-Nakamura match. This was the one match I wanted to see. I don't care if the ending was shitty. Just give me five minutes of good wrestling between the two. Anyways, I finished season two of GLOW tonight, and so that was definitely the highlight of my day. The WWE could stand to learn from GLOW when it comes to story structure and structuring a payoff.
0: Maybe that's going to happen. Maybe in Jeff Hardy's um, Imagination... He's going to have a a, a blow-up doll that he's hoping will come to life, but in order to do so, he has to give up his imagination to Shinsuke Nakamura.
1: Mm-mm. No,
0: no, that's not going to happen. No, okay. I don't want to see that. Chris from Melbourne, as someone who watched the World Cup final until 3 a.m. local times, this was hard, this was hardly worth getting up early, up early for live. I thought he was saying. Get up early enough to live uh, the one match I was really looking forward to Hardy Nakamura only lasted six seconds
1: were you that high on that match being that great no. I was, wasn't expecting all that great of a match to yeah, be honest honestly I was not disappointed at all but uh, some, a lot of people were looking forward to it I guess
0: Also, I know a lot of fans complain about the New Japan referees, but after seeing McIntyre attack Rollins in-ring to result in a DQ fall, but then McIntyre tosses Rollins outside, ramming his back into the apron before tossing him back inside, hitting a Claymore kick, and the referee counts a Ziggler pinfall. Topped all off by a good Iron Man match, ending in a tie for only 14 seconds of sudden death with interference. Why even bother? Remember, if you buy a front row ticket during an Extreme Rules match, you can do run-ins. 1 Everything is Evil
1: out of 5. Hey guys, it's Brad from Halifax. This was the definition of a B-show. My friends left with an hour to go in the show, so they missed the final three matches. Well, we got a great stand with the big bump from Kevin Owens into good wrestling matches. Okay, this is just a mess. Questions. Any word on Kevin Owens? Is he all right? Uh, I haven't heard anything. I assume he's fine. Okay. Is Kane actually hurt? I don't think so. Um, could be wrong. He could be. I guess. He looked fine on uh, on SmackDown. Uh, Louis from Queens, New York. I think this was a decent show, nothing super special,
0: but I didn't mind watching it. Match of the night for me was Lashley Reigns, very physical with an unexpected finish that popped me pretty hard. This match made me excited for Lesnar and Lashley, which I never would have expected. Jeff Hardy getting hit in the dick twice had me laughing pretty hard. Crash pad or not, the Owens bump was absolutely insane. He needs to slow it down a bit with these insane bumps. The main event was good, but weirdly booked. No way it needs seven falls halfway through. Also, the restart shouldn't have been used. It made Rollins look like a geek. Would have preferred if the show ended with Rollins running out of time, B-team winning the titles. Warms my heart,
1: even though I would be shocked if they are anything but transitional champions. Six out of ten show. Jackson from Hamilton. This show was not very good. Page is suddenly becoming the current angle of SmackDown. Her tag team championship match was ruined an hour before the match. Her United States championship match was ruined seconds before the match. Her stipulation in the women's championship match proved completely ineffective and also ruined that match. She looked useless. Of course, Kurt looked like a goof by pumping up the crowd and restarting the match only to have it ruined seconds later. This show felt very 2000 era WCW. The crowd sucked the energy out of that Iron Man match. At least Styles Rusev was really good. By the way, what happened to Corey Graves? years ago he was a godsend to wwe announcing and now he's one of the worst as for hogan if the boys and girls club of america can put him in their hall of fame i guess wwe felt they could put him back in theirs okay um next up we go to chris from pennsylvania I hope everyone's ready
0: for a three-year-long Roman Reigns title run because this crowd did not make a strong case for putting fresh guys in the main event. The first couple times they did, the countdown was amusing, but it quickly became a huge distraction. Minus the crowd, I enjoyed the main event. I liked the heel strategy of sacrificing a fall to completely incapacitate the opponent. You could argue that maybe they should have started off that way and had Rollins try to climb out of a huge hole, but I don't think it hurt the match that much as Rollins was chasing Ziggler for more than half the match. As an event, the first half was pretty forgettable and was much more angle-driven than focused on the in-ring. Everything from Roman on was enjoyable, and they set up a lot of potential feuds for SummerSlam. I would give this event 5.5 out of 10, which I believe on the Tim Hortons scale equates to a medium with milk and sugar, but feel free to correct me as I'm figuring out
1: the conversion rates. So are we. Brett from San Antonio, Extreme Rules was a pay-per-view, but there is no way it could be considered great with multiple injury non-matches, screwy finishes, and botches. New Day Sanity and Kevin Owens bump were the highlights. Ellsworth hanging suit being visible under his shirt really ruined the suspension of disbelief. It was great that the true wrestling match and IC title got the main event slot, but I was disappointed they felt the need to have so many falls. 5 KO bumps out of 10. Uh, This is from Mike Johnson at PW Insider that
0: Kane... uh was seen in a walking boot earlier in the day, and apparently he he did have an injury to his left foot. Oh, okay. So it looks like they were just working around uh, a legitimate go. issue. Uh, we go to the next one here. Doof Daddy. After watching the G1 this weekend, I had zero expectations for the show, so I guess you can say this exceeded them. Instead of giving an in-depth analysis, I'll just give quick observations. At least the crowd reacts to the B-team act. Carmella doesn't deserve to even be in the ring. Hopefully the crowd takes the, takes the Orton... As a heel, because he's way better as a heel, I hope Lashley keeps the spear as a finisher because the delayed vertical is lame. I laughed the first two times the crowd counted down, but it really took away from the match. Suzuki versus Makabe will be a stiff brawl and is what I'm looking forward to tomorrow. I give this show a 6 out of 10.
1: Bernie from Chicago, this show was just okay for me. The crowd really hurt what I thought were the two best matches, Lashley Reigns and Ziggler-Rollins. It was an average show. I expect things to heat up with SummerSlam approaching. I might have enjoyed the show more if I hadn't just watched Suzuki Tanahashi, Sabre Jr. Ibushi, and Omega Naito put on Absolute Clinics this weekend. As far as the Hogan thing goes, I really struggled with the poll you put on Twitter. Ultimately, I voted yes to your question. I believe if his apology is heartfelt and he is... truly contrite that he deserves a second ch- then he deserves a second chance. Professional wrestling has an ugly history and so many of the people that fans or the WWE hold on a pedestal have done such egregious things, namely The Ultimate Warrior and Jimmy Snuka. Those two men went on went to their graves without paying any pe- penance. In my eyes, Hogan has tried to right this wrong and in doing so deserves a second chance. Let's hope he doesn't disappoint us again.
0: Dave from Sydney, I missed the kickoff due to the early 8 a.m. start in Australia, but everything I saw was just filler. Braun and Owens was fine, nothing special, but I did enjoy the end spot a lot. Very dangerous, but a great throwback. Both women's matches reminded me of the Divas era, and I feel bad for Asuka being stuck in a comedy angle. Hopefully, come SummerSlam, we get some changes in the women's division. Lots of head scratching with the U.S. title and both tag matches. Did you see Matt's tweet after the match? He said, maybe it's time for us to move on. I think that was more in reference to... the the angle that they did with him and Bray, where they crashed into each other. Um, That's how Mm. I took it. Um, At least they got it right with the hottest talent on the roster and Seth Rollins main eventing the card, shamed the last 20 minutes of the match with dog shit, and the crowd destroyed any momentum of it moving forward. Two out of ten.
1: Tommy from Scotland. Hogan, unfortunately returning, makes me think that in the WWE's eyes, the Andre doc was more about rehabbing him than Andre's life. I really didn't like tonight's show apart from KO winning because that means Shania Twain will sing his favorite song. Whether he's alive to see it is another matter. Thankfully, I'm on such a high from the G1 in the World Cup that I don't regret staying up till 4 a.m. to watch this lackluster pay-per-view. Did you watch the World Cup today? No. Do you know who won? Yes. All right. MJ. You look like... I had no
0: time to watch it. Oh, dude, I didn't also. watch a second of the World Cup. Uh, I wouldn't have done that anyway. So MJ, I really enjoyed the back-to-back Nakamura-Orton angle with the Braun KO match. Nakamura's facials and Orton's heel work were extremely well done, and I thought the bump that KO took was a great way to book the finish as it protected both guys. The women's division felt more like the Divas division tonight. And sadly, I think that they have killed the Asuka character we all knew and loved. Glad Lashley won. It's sad. But no matter who they pair with Roman, the crowd seemingly doesn't care. I Listen, there were cat calls for Roman, but I did not think the crowd really hurt that match. And I, I thought that match came off well. The Iron Man match felt like a waste. I would have preferred a classic lengthy singles match between two guys who can go. It's not like it's G1 season or anything. I give the show a medium with one milk for some good moments and unexpected outcomes that are interesting. But the show is just too long and has too much that isn't classified as good to be
1: overly enthused about. This, this rating system is going to drive me crazy.
0: I, I When we well, finished our first show, I felt like I really screwed up uh I thought, like, what an awful idea I came up with. But I'm totally taking that back now. I think I've created a monster
1: now, and I like it. Andrew from Cape Breton. I enjoyed the show. The biggest hope I have coming out of this show has nothing to do with WWE, but I hope that Evil shows up in his upcoming G1 matches with the words Dolph Ziggler on his singlet. The show was certainly interesting in some of the implications – Is Roman Reigns out of the main event picture? Has WWE created a problem of hijacking their own shows? Or is it just the crowd wanting to hijack the show to get famous? Where does Seth Rollins go from here? The show was a good setup for SummerSlam. Six spray tans out of ten. In regards to Hogan, considering Hogan is known for his tall tales and dishonesty, no, he hasn't changed and it's basically WWE trying to get some publicity with a redemption story. I'd believe Hogan shit a live chicken in the parking lot before I believed anything he said. Wow, that's a
0: weird analogy. Um... What was I going to say here? Um, with Roman Reigns, it's if you were to just go with Lesnar and Lashley, a great uh, distraction program for him would have been if Ziggler and Drew had a third person. That being Roman? No, so you can do a shield match with them. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, you can. Which, yeah, sure. I mean, you could force someone into that role, but, I mean, they really don't have that third person that... I mean, it's an option. It's something you could do because they never got around to doing the three of them together when when Roman got uh, the mumps last fall. When all else fails, you put Roman back in the shield. Uh, it's not the worst idea yeah. to keep him busy at SummerSlam. Uh, I just feel like they've, they've tried
1: it so much already. But
0: What do you envision for him at SummerSlam? What's realistic?
1: Roman Reigns. Oh, man, I hate doing these because I have to look at the roster. Um... Do, do you see him in the title match or not? I don't. Okay. Evil,
0: starring... Uh, Dolph Ziggler's tights here is our last one I hate Braun Kevin Owens is wheelchair bound I enjoyed the women's title match They haven't screwed up Ronda yet And Mickey is an amazing seller AJ Styles versus Rusev was amazing Rusev's selling of the leg was great Especially early in the match However, I don't see However, I don't want to see the English Rusev breakup. The main event was probably good, but I couldn't get into it because I was distracted by the crowd countdowns and that zoom-in shot while Rollins and Ziggler were having a conversation. (laughs) If WWE is going to treat people like idiots, they're going to get chants like idiots. I just wish it wasn't during this match because those two guys, especially Rollins, deserve better.
1: Mm, Okay. All right. Well, thanks,
0: everybody. Thank you for joining us. That is our review of Extreme Rules, uh, but tomorrow we are going to be back with more. Uh, Tune in Monday afternoon postwrestlingcafe.com you can sign up now and get in on all the g1 fun do some catch up with the two shows we've already put up this weekend and we will be reviewing night number three of the g1 headlined by hiroshi tanahashi and jay white Mm -hmm. so look forward to that monday night we're back with a free show with rewind to raw and then cafe members stay up late for your double shot as you're going to get the total bellas discussion and i think on the double shot uh we should chat a bit about The Madison Square Garden date That Ring of Honor In New Japan is booked We have yet to speak about that Mm -hmm. So we will uh, We will chat about that On the double shot as well Because I think we'll have A ton to talk about On the free version Of Rewind to Raw Mm -hmm. So All of that is coming up As well as our Regular shows this week And um, I do want to recommend The Eggshells show From this week With Paul Lazenby on With Chris Charlton Some awesome stories Of Paul Inside the Pancrase Dojo Eggshells actually Comes out this week Which one? The book The book is out this week. Correct, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I highly recommend the book as well. Mm -hmm. So it's very good. Uh, You can go check that out, postwrestling.com, postwrestlingcafe.com, and we'll speak with you on Monday.